I updated it a couple minutes ago for just to switch some stuff around. I got rid of that thing. I don't know when you looked at it, but there there was a thing on here about little diecast cars because oh, yeah. for some reason I I'd misread that and I thought they were doing GI Joe cars, but they weren't. And then like more interesting stuff from Australia came up, so I just wiped it because I was I was in the shower even. I don't know how I misread that. But I was in the shower just thinking, like, man, I didn't look at the pictures yet, but what if they're doing, like, a little die-cast hiss tank, a little die-cast, like, like Joe tanks, like, oh, die-cast G.I. Joe vehicles would be so cool. It's unreal. And then it turns out it was unreal. It doesn't actually exist. What the f*** is going on down there? Good day, everyone, and welcome to WTF TFW episode 501. Uh, Seth, welcome to uh, the 500s. Oh, it's a very exciting. Yeah. Did, we didn't do anything, did we? No, in the previous episode, Aaron actually, um, I thought that, like, episode 520 was going to be, like, the 10-year thing. Then Aaron went and found the date of episode 1. It turns out we don't have to celebrate a 10-year anniversary until the summer. So Yay. that's something that future evangelists can worry about. Like present Chris doesn't have to care. That's that's July Chris's problem. <laughs> I um, think I'm busy July. Well, damn it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, while, while while we're on the topic, Seth, we've cleared episode 500. Yeah. Uh, so have, have have you any rea? Oh, there's your reaction. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh. Yeah, uh, also Zencaster is updated to celebrate that we've cleared 500 episodes, and now we have, like, a visible waveform, and apparently if we're both on the right version of Chrome, uh, audio drift should not be as much of a problem. We'll see, though. I checked Twitter, and a whole bunch of people were saying, hey, so audio drift is still a problem. But then some of them also said they weren't using the same browsers. Nah. There's a health check now, and, and man, when you don't when you don't pass the health check, it's scary. Seth came on, and it was just red words, failed health check, and I was like, what? What happened? Well, that was the second time. Oh yeah, the yeah. first time it, was, it told uh, me to update my browser, and I did, and then everything else was broken afterwards. Yeah, the first time it was orange, Jerks. and it was like war- warning health check, and then <laughs> by doing what they told you to do in the warning, you then failed the health check. That's yeah. uh, unfortunate. Silly. The internet is uh, silly. Silly websites. Australia isn't as silly as the internet. Uh, well, aside from like the friggin' like. It comes out of Australia every year. A couple more stories like, hey, look, here's terrifying giant creatures killing each other in my kitchen. Um, But I'm sure living there, you just kind of get used to that sort of thing. Uh, They just had Toy Fair in Australia as well, which yielded a few uh, fresh little pictures Um, from the first link, which is photos from the event. That's right. It's pretty clever transformation actually works as a boomerang. It's hard to get it all weighted right. Uh, the main thing out of this is there's a photo of Predaking, and this is the first time we're seeing the new Power of the Primes Predaking uh, in full color with his arms transformed correctly, where the forearms are <gasps> compressed. And we're also finally getting a look at the back of his box, uh, showing that the compressed forearms is, in fact, the intended transformation, and the Hasbro guys just had him transformed wrong at... Uh, main New York toy fair. So uh, it's kind of cool to see the right shapes and the right colors. They also have them set up alongside G1 Predaking, and they have all the Predacons set up alongside the G1 Predacons, which really highlights how much the gift sets robot modes are basically G1 bricky toys with ball joints and extra stuff added to them, uh, which I, I don't, I, I've talked about this before now. I don't mind it that much, 
but I'm also cool with having multiple Predakings, and I've, I've got the fancy third-party one as well. Um, nothing else here was really all that fresh other than, like, showing the numbers on the Studio Series packaging. So, Seth, uh, first up, look at a Predaking, looking at him slightly more polished than before. Uh, any new feelings or anything that you, you were thinking about with him after we'd recorded a couple weeks ago? Well, it does, like I said, it is very impressive. And I'm I'm still torn. Like, on one hand, I like how chunky G1 it is, and on the other, I don't. <laughs> it's like, I can't, like, I just can't resolve in my head the issue. They delivered the chunk very eagerly, which I think makes it harder to write off if you're not, like, just into the chunk. Like, they, they for a chunky Predaking, like, it's like that's clearly the intent for better or for worse and i feel like that makes it harder to make like a real snap decision on him because like you, you look at it and you're like i i don't like this part but also this like he's so proudly chunky <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's I, I think i like the individual robots fine with the chunk it's the mm-hmm. the beast modes that bum me out um yeah yeah the, they don't even have the beast modes on display <laughs> yeah. just realized yeah they're, you know, they know what's uh, up um yeah then something that somebody i saw somebody pointing out after we had recorded last time that i didn't really notice was just how super tiny predator king's waist is so i think that they screwed up the thing that was screwed up at toy fair in new york where the the gray resin that was at in japan um, or not, not, not New York, it was in Japan where they screwed it up. New York had it done right, um, but they screwed it up here. Uh, he's got little fold-out panels that fill out his gut area in the, like, thickness direction. Um, so, like, visually it's not so thin, and they are not folded out in any of these photos. Um, they were folded out in the New York photos, but they were not folded out in the gray resin uh, Japan photos that were getting that story going in the first place. Uh, so everyone's transforming Predaking. Man, everyone is transforming Predaking wrong somehow, no matter where he shows up. Yeah, they're, they're not uh, flipping the things out, or the arms aren't compressed. It's like they need to get their acts together. They Jiminy work Cricket. there. It's not like they're you know just what? some people. They work for the company. If the instructions weren't so crappy these days, I'm sure everything would be fine. <laughs> even, oh man, even Japan's going to get our instructions. Hey, even the people that like wrote or designed the toy can't follow the instructions yeah but the waist yeah, looks so that, that, tiny on the back of the box picture though too um yeah like forward like like in, okay oh, so I'm, it, okay so it makes it thicker sort of back to Z-axis. front nice yeah, not yeah side to side that's what okay, i mean so yeah. i could see how it is thicker on the back of the box picture but still he's yeah. very petite little waist i think he might have an eating disorder somebody he should help his, him he does his what's the thing it's not sit-ups it's not crunchies is it cur- the curls is an arm thing right yeah it's like one of those like twisty sit-up crunchy things but they have their own name and i forgot what it is he does lots of those so he has like no fat in his uh, midsection and then he does all his his body building on his upper and lower body so his 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 midsection is just fatless and muscleless. It's just like a, it's a tight little coil. Uh, man, that is certainly going to be something I'm sure a third party wants to just make like filler blocks for. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably going to happen. 
lot of people are super cool with just like add-on blocks of mass for combiners I've found, and uh, that seems like a prime place to put them. Um, I don't really uh, mind it, it that prime. much. I don't know why. Get it? This prime place. Get it? Prime? Oh, jeez. You're so good at puns. I, I don't want to be. <laughs> I'm not trying to, and I also don't want to be. Does the idea of filler plates get you jazzed? <laughs> I'm just staring off into space. Just give me a second. <laughs> Whew. It does, actually. Yes, thank you. No. It <laughs> I don't really care that much about filler filler blocks. <laughs> like, I, unless they do something, it just doesn't excite me that much. But um, I, I know that that's a, uh, an aesthetic choice and divide between me and other collectors who prefer that stuff. Or are you going to prowl around looking for a good upgrade kit? <laughs> Oh, man, but check out those movie studio series f f f figures, huh? Uh, it's trail-breaking. Cra crazy how they didn't transform Ratchet into his robot mode. Guess no one cares about Ratchet. Ratchet. Mm. Ain't no movie prowl there either, or trail-breaker, or jazz. Uh, look at those shoes, though. Those are nuts. And that, uh, it's friggin', you see the picture of the shoes? Display 19, I think is the picture. Mm -hmm. Is that Skullgrin's pretender shell on the pant leg? It looks like it. It looks like what? crazy airbrush. <laughs> I was not caring that much about the packaging deco, like, suit that that mannequin is wearing, except that now that there's pretender art on it, I think I'm more into it. No, you see it, you also see it on the jacket. It's on the front. Is it of the jacket? Oh, okay. I I didn't see his eyes because of the pocket flap, and I don't know how that made me blind to him. Okay, I'm more okay with that jacket now. Yeah, it's Power Master Prime on the back. Oh, that's cool art. That's not like the the '84 art. That's like the '86, '87 art. That's great. That's great. I don't know, like '87, '88. If it's Pretenders, I don't remember. Um, Machino Milano has a bag there too. I guess that's still a thing. Like fancy pants licensed uh, clothing and, and apparel. Probably not my thing to wear. It's a little too busy. Seth, do you think you'd ever, you'd ever don a jacket like that? Well, I was looking at these pictures thinking, boy, that sure would be fun to get the whole outfit and walk around looking like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, it's bad. I think it's ridiculous. It's really, uh, it's really loud. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I'm sure there's a there's situation a where yeah, you would I, be I thought like of it. the cool club guy or whatever. But no, 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 no. It's not cool club guy. It's you get you just go into public spaces wearing all those clothes, and when someone walks up to you and says something clever or funny about Transformers, you just get really serious and upset, and you're like, I don't like Transformers. It's fashion. And you just hold eye contact. Just hold eye contact. I do not like Transformers until like whoever said it has to just like walk away. Yeah, I think like we we'd seen something about this stuff not that long ago. And yeah. it reminded me and I went searching for it at the time and wasn't able to find it, but a couple two, three years ago maybe, uh more, I don't remember. Um there was that fashion show video that came yes. out where everyone was walking around in Transformer garbage and this looks like the consumer result and it's yeah it's weird i mean it's, it, it's like 
It's like that early 2000s mega print shirt. Yeah. But this is like, it's like the, it's, the it's, new take on that. Yeah, this is like both somehow slightly more artistic, but also even more egregious in that it's just a wraparound of the box art rather than like a giant two Goku. minutes of work done in. <laughs> yeah, like at least like the, that had like a minute or two of Photoshop work to like put the art over a background. Uh, there's something like both more artisan, but also like less creative about this. Um, anyway, the, the that's that's not the, the big important Where news that to come out of Australia. I, hey, you know. If someone's going to hire you wearing that, that's a place you want to work. Because <laughs> they're going to be real cool with you. Uh, the other link that we got is uh, three official, like, you know, CG of the toy images came out for some of Wave 4 of Power of the Primes, which... Mm. Oh, no. Is this Wave 4? No, this is Wave 3. Um, this is still Wave 3. Uh, this is for a couple Legends and a Voyager. These three figures basically tick off the rest of the boxes of that huge list of leaks that we got uh, like a year ago of what was going to be in Power of the Primes. So uh, this is kind of them finishing off the leak list in a way with uh, Legends Outback, who is a new head uh, retool of Legends Brawn from Titan's Return. Legends Cindersaur, who is, uh, I think, a new head retool of Dinobot Slash. Oh, uh, Slash right Yeah, it looks um, like a new robot head. Because mm, this new it's, robot head's kind of like got a got a cockeyed like kind of one side of the mouse higher than the other. They're like doing duck lips for a selfie, but uh, yeah, no, the the shape of the helmet, like that little diamond uh, on the forehead. There's yeah. more of a mohawk type shape on um, on Slash. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, so it is a new head. That's cool. Uh, Looks and like then the, the chest one that might I'd... be slightly different shape too, or maybe it's just the way they have it painted. No, it's probably just the way they have it painted makes it look a little slightly different. Okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if there was any other re retooling. It's just I usually just assume the heads, because um, uh, the the third one is a Voyager, who is the one I've been curious to see how he'd be done. Is uh, this is Inferno out of Combiner Wars Hotspot with a new head, and I think that's a new chest. Uh, and I'm going to assume there's a new combiner head in the ladder as well. Um, so the, I was pretty sure this guy would be retooled beyond just the heads because he'd need to have a place to stick, uh, you know, a prime master, or a little matrix thing. Um, so there's no imagery of his torso mode because I've been looking at that art behind him. And that's of just his normal robot mode going by the hand and what's on the forearm. But uh, that does fill out the rest of that leak list. And that means that from what I I, did, I missed this during Toy Fair um, or I missed it at least when we've been recording. Apparently, Power of the Primes is looking like it's only going to be four waves plus exclusives, which means the only stuff we don't know about yet is wave four and those exclusives so it's it's looking like it might actually be a shorter line uh or at least like less figures for the year than uh, mm -hmm. titan's return was but um these all look fine to me i'm, I'm actually really liking cindersaur it helps that i think slash is a great figure and uh the decisions made on cindersaur's robot mode head are all kind of working for me because it's like sure go nuts <laughs> No no one is going to, like, you know, slam a fist on the table going like, that's not my Cindersaur. Not that I can think of, anyway. And uh, Inferno, I am surprised how much G1 Inferno they fit into that funny-looking robot mode head. Uh, like, from the ears to the weird elongated face. Like, I, I didn't think there'd be that much G1 Inferno in his head sculpt, but it seems that there is. Um I'd like to know more about his torso mode, but it'll probably be a long time until we hear about that. Mm. Seth, how are you feeling about these three? Well, what if where the head, the combiner head is, that's where the Prime Master goes. There is no torso mode, at least not officially. 
Oh, geez. What if they went that way? What if they went that way? That would be super weird, because the whole reason the Voyagers actually have a spot for Prime Masters is because they come with, like, an Enigma of Combination Prime Master. So for him, it would just be, like, the, the Enigma of... of the enig- It's such an Enigma, it actually doesn't even make me combine! Woo! The Prime Master symbol is the head. Oh, that would be weird. It's got this tiny little symbol face. <laughs> a little baby face on this giant hulking body. Yeah. Be kind of down Brock for that, Lesnar. actually. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> yeah, he's just like he's just a neck that turns into a kind of stub, but it has ears on it and a face. Uh, Brock Lesnar's got a funny looking head. Like I, w- I wouldn't say um, that to his face most probably because that'd be rude. Uh, but, but for the others, like Cindersaur is like, eh, for me, it's like eh, whatever. Um, Outback is cool. Um, just like with the last line. I kind of got into a mode where I'm just not into big transformers right now. Mm-hmm. So like Voyager and up, I'm just, it's not doing anything for me. I've yeah. been more disappointed with those than I have with deluxe and smaller. Also like with a uh, power of the primes Voyagers, I like Grimlock a lot, but so far he's the only one I've liked a lot. Like I'm hoping Alita one feels way better than Starscream, And I've heard that maybe she will like, I've heard both, accounts from people who got her in hand but uh the i like the combiner gimmick kind of coming back i think it's also made a lot of the voyagers way less interesting to talk about because uh-huh. now they all have that combiner wars baggage only the deluxe waves yeah. aren't even catered towards the same voyagers in the waves so it's like the voyagers become the forgettable toys it seems uh in power of the primes like i yeah i haven't really i've heard good things about hunger but like I'm because the rest of those terror cons are going to be in wave four and that's probably the final wave. I'm just like, well, I don't know. Just get wave four out. So I have Abominus and I'm like, that's not how I want to feel about this. Abominus yeah. looks good, but he's spread out over the last half of the line. And if that's going to run all the way to, to like November, that's a long wait. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be getting Grimlock. I may have Grimlock already and just haven't whoa. opened it. There's no way to know. Um, Just because, like, the Dinobots are one of the things I'm most interested in for this line. (laughs) Um, So I'll get at least one larger figure. But, like, that Optimus Prime with the uh, um, Orion Pax seems really neat. But then I think about just dealing with something that big. Like, I just... I, I like the smaller sizes right now because I could handle them easier and mess with them and yeah. put them aside. And big figures seem like you're juggling more stuff, and it's just not appealing to me right now. I kind of had that with Combiner Wars leaders like Megatron and Ultra Magnus, uh, where it's like there's nothing wrong with the figures. It's just like I think also because they were just so unrelated to what I liked about Combiner Wars, I picked them up, but then I found like I barely messed with them. For, for a good yeah. long time because I was like I'm having more fun with all these deluxes that can stick onto this Voyager and then I have five figures in one which also means if I want to put these five figures over on a shelf I just have to pick the one thing up and put it over there and I don't know it's a weird psychological aspect to this whole thing that I'd like to think about more now that I'm thinking about it um, I would recommend that Prime at some point uh, if you see him like on sale or something and you might because he's wave one uh, he's he's very fun, and I, I think he's uh, one of the highlights of the whole line so far. It's just you got to be okay with like a, another Optimus Prime figure. 
Yeah. Um, which I know has actually turned some folks off of the figure who want to mess with that engineering, but are just like, I just, and it's understandable. Like I've talked to, I think at least two people who have been like the moment they do a recolor of that figure, I'm in, I just don't want another red and blue optimist. And I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. It's, it's kind of it's the worst part of that figure is that it's also another Optimus prime. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now we have one more wave of these figures to to look at. The the little upside I think is that wave two had like five deluxes in it or something, five or six deluxes. I forgot now, but like more than four. So it seems like the deluxe side of Power of the Primes might have a lot of room in it still, um, mm-hmm. especially since there's like you know three of those spots are going to be the Terror Cons, um, and another one of those spots is going to be uh, um, Firestar Nova Star. So yeah, Nova I still want to see what. Nova Scotia. Hey, you know, <laughs> we fought long and hard to get our to get an, an identity in Transformers, and thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, also, grats to uh, to Toy Fair Australia for still having some reveals. Uh, it seems like that um, that Studio Series movie Thundercracker from Nitro Zeus that was talked about at, at New York Toy Fair didn't appear here. Um, so that's still a, a mystery, even though he was supposed to have been shown a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I thought they would at least show a photo of him by now, but I want to know how, I want to know what the idea is on that thing. Um, was there any other, uh, just toy fair in general stuff that, that caught your mind after we finished talking about all those Marvel legends? Um, no, I don't think I really saw anything else after mm. that. Yeah, I was, I couldn't remember if there was any other major news drops. Uh, that that whole thing of like Toy Fair and Wonderfest all like kind of happening at the same time just means like I assume there's a vortex of toy news that I've missed parts of. Uh, oh, I don't know if I just didn't under I didn't get it with the Marvel stuff or if it was revealed later. I don't, I don't know what the deal was, but um, some of those two packs are gonna have a build a figure. Oh, that was revealed later at, uh, I think it, in Japan somewhere? But yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're having, um, who was it? Who's the Build-A-Figure from Stan those? Stan Lee. Yeah. How how did I forget that? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that kid? Who's that, that new character? <laughs> build in those two packs. Yeah, they're doing a Stan Lee Build-A-Figure via two packs. That's interesting. Yeah, I saw it and I went, oh, no. Now I gotta get all these two packs. <laughs> Dang. Well, you know, they seem cool so far. Like one of them is the what is it? That Black Panther one with um, uh, you know, Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. I almost called him. I almost called him. Like I was trying to remember Doctor Watson's name, and I forgot that name as well. I'm sorry, Martin Freeman. I just remembered your real name. Uh, I was trying them, to remember right? his. I was trying to remember his character from The Office, but I was blanking. Oh, yeah, his Black Panther I, name is General, not General Ross. He's the other. <laughs> he's the one who's not General Ross. Man, Martin Freeman just looks like a dude. I'm sorry, Thunderbolt Ross. You know the American <laughs> Army General with the big mustache. Yeah, <laughs> played by Martin Freeman. <laughs> Um, now I think the other one, if uh, I'm remembering right, is an unmasked Killmonger. He's the, he's in the two pack with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's unmasked, but I think it's like a swappable head. Maybe. Like what? I, what I remember the description of that being on social media was, "Oh, this is the Killmonger they should have actually released with the extra parts." And I was like, "Oh, that's a bummer." 
Yeah, because the single pack Killmonger like doesn't come with much. Yeah, comes with like uh, a spear. I'm gonna That's finally it. see that movie in a couple days. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. Um, it's I apparently... thought we were gonna see it today, and then nothing happened. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna try to maybe catch it tomorrow because uh, I know my my brother and his wife are gonna see it tomorrow, and I'd like to just tag along with them so I can chill out and talk with some folks about it afterwards but if i don't catch it tomorrow i'm probably just gonna go see it monday at like an afternoon showing or something um but yeah uh i'm not gonna go deeper into that because i haven't i literally haven't seen the movie so i have nothing else to say (laughs) um i do have a fresh tour reveal to talk about i forgot this was a thing and now it's out seth do you remember mp711 masterpiece convoy i (laughs) I don't know this, if I remember it. This came being and went announced. really fast. This this came and went really fast, and it was okay, basically so it's just something like, that happened. And yeah, now it's the pre-order again. went up, and we no, this pre-order the pre-order for this went up. We all oh, joked about okay. how now they've capped the masterpiece line at 711 releases because they just released the final one, and that number's been taken now. So they have to release up to 710 to make that number real. And then I forgot this existed until it's out now. Uh, <laughs> So it's uh it's MP10. Um he's redone in, in kind of Ultra Magnus colors with the blue faceplate and everything, but also some translucent green and 7-Eleven logos. Uh Spike has been repainted to be in a 7-Eleven uniform, which I think is the best part of this. Uh the Matrix is now in 7-Eleven colors, and the trailer has a 7-Eleven logo on it. Uh I really like this thing. <laughs> And if it's not ridiculously priced, if I see one at a convention and it seems like a reasonable price, like I think I might I might be cool with picking this up. This is like a really dumb like sequel to Pepsi Prime that yeah, I was going to say far too next into your old Pepsi Prime. Yeah. It just makes me bummed out now there's no MP10 Pepsi Prime to go with this. Uh also I'm kind of freaked out like oh man. I'm a little freaked out how cool I am with like like and how into it and i'm like look it's optimus prime but with a real life brand on him like that's that shouldn't be all that exciting (laughs) but i'm i'm into it uh seth how you feeling about this thing well from what little i know of japanese 7-elevens they seem way cooler than american 7-elevens i can Um, confirm and this seems to just add to that Mm -hmm. them being cooler because american 7-eleven isn't doing anything like this no, American Seven Eleven just has the the those really lousy rolled things with cheese in them. Yeah. Oh, and uh, pizza. Oh, and really lousy God, pizza. Yeah, I had I had that pizza a couple years ago once. <laughs> I felt terrible. <laughs> and the worst part was I went there at the end of the day. So when I bought one slice, <laughs> I said, "Oh, here, take the rest of them too. We're gonna throw it all out." And I was like, "Yay!" And then I ate like half a bite, and I was like, "Oh." You just gave me your garbage. Okay. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know how like, you know, rare this thing is. I'm Oh. Okay, someone just bought one for 462 Canadian including shipping. Well, that's that's a lot. I I don't want to I don't want to spend that much. Um it seems like it currently at least is a little bit rare. Um, but I'm not sure how long that will last, but yeah, it, at least going by the responses in the thread, it seems like it's running for around 300 American. Um, that is outside of my buy a dumb thing comfort level. Yeah, that's uh, too much. 
<laughs> I understand that like this is probably limited enough that it justifies that, you know, objectively, but yeah, that's that's a bummer, but um <laughs> I was going to ask you, Seth, if you were at all interested in looking into this thing, but uh, I, I think you're not at that no. that price. Yeah, no. no, it would have to be like at that botcon where there was a giant mountain of Pepsi primes. Oh, that was magical! I don't remember how much they were, but they were cheap. I, think I they remember, were cheap, it was, yeah. It was the ha- it was the Hasbro Toy Shop booth. It was like one of the first times they did it at a BotCon. They were in a separate room that was otherwise completely desolate, and then they no, were just this island. The, there was the movie truck there. The Optimus Prime oh. truck was there. I, 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 it was. And I, then I don't it was remember a table it with a mountain toys. of boxes behind it. Yeah. But wasn't it in the middle of the room? Because I remember it was like this island of just Pepsi Prime. Well, it was a giant room. Yeah. There was a giant room that had the truck and like that was way at the far end and then yeah. in the middle was like a table with a giant pile of Pepsi primes and that yeah. was like all that was a, that was I, it and it was like a, it I mean. was like a hanger <laughs> it was huge I, re- I remember it being a really desolate room to walk into to just buy a Pepsi prime uh, and I, w- I think at the time I felt kind of bad for the folks manning the table because it was also like across the hotel, like away from the dealer room and everything else. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the year that I like got a I had both a really bad hangover on Saturday and then um, one of the European folks gave me a European hangover pill that made my <laughs> headache disappear like in two seconds to the point where I got freaked out and was like, what did you just give me? Because I feel great now, but that's not right. Uh, it just means in Europe their headache medicine is way better than ours. That's all I could figure. Um, yeah, Seven Eleven Convoy is out there, and and you know what? Right now it seems like it's really expensive. Hopefully it dips down a bit over time. I'd be down for dropping like one fifty Canadian on this if I had like nothing else to spend that on and was really like you know four a.m. on Mandarake. That's the kind of setup for me. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. That'd be a dumb way to spend money. But um. Ah, next thing's a listener question. I was about to say another dumb way to spend money, uh, but this is a listener question that is free. We don't have to spend any money on it. Uh, this actually comes to us from Triceradon. Um, Seth, do you want to read the first half of this? Uh-oh. Uh, let me get to it. Um, oh. Hello, podcasters. Two little questions for you today. Ooh. One. Part one. Question ah. one. When it comes to designing Transformers, I've noticed that there seem to be two different approaches to them. Design a robot and fit the vehicle mode around that, or design a cool vehicle and fit the robot around that. Which do you prefer? I actually had to think about this a lot, because I think I like both approaches equally when they're, I, you know... I like the two approaches depending on what the toy is. If it's a licensed vehicle... Or just the made-up fantasy whatever vehicle. Yeah, like I I don't I yeah you know I think I I can agree with that because like I am okay with sacrifices for from one mode for the other when the mode gaining something is really solid, and when it's a made-up mode it's harder for me to feel cool about like robot mode sacrifices because I feel like if it's a made-up alt mode should that not allow you to to have basis on the robot mode first. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, unless it's fluoro dairy stuff, in which case that's, yeah, you have to do all kinds of kooky things. Um, but yeah, for sure. If it's licensed vehicles, for the most part, I would like to see it, you know, take the vehicle and then figure it out, uh, to also make the most out of the, the impact of the license. Um, because this certainly can go badly, you know, where it's like, I can't think of any, like, easy examples, but where it's like, here's a Cybertronian alt mode that's kind of hinky, and then because of the way it transforms, the robot also has, like, two giant spires sticking sideways off his shoulders, and his biceps don't exist. And it's like, well, yeah. that's that's not helping anybody. <laughs> no. Like, uh, the, the Fall of Cybertron um, Bruticus guys, I love them for how much they tried to do in that, like, highly limited and recently budget cut at the time price point. Uh, but then there are also great examples of, like, these guys are making sacrifices everywhere for no real gain <laughs> other than being able to say they have four modes each. Yeah. Yeah, because right now I'd, I'd just as soon have a rad robot that turned into, like, a weird space car than have mm. an awesome space car that turns into a crummy robot. Like, I, you know, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Like, I'm sure there's some space cars. I know I've seen space cars where I'm like, I want that space car more than I want the robot it turns into. Uh, but that's very few and far between. You got to really hit it on a space car for me. It's got to have some curves. Yeah, pretty much all my Transformer toys are going to stay in robot mode, like 90% of their existence. So that's just where I'm at. Are you ready for question two? I am. Question two. Do you prefer sound waves to have a vocode voice or a normal voice? Thank you. So, I mean, vocoder, when it's done right, always ends up winning me over no matter what I want. Uh, badly done vocoder is when I, I started to dabble more on, like, some other ideas for sound wave voices working for me. But, like, you just give me a well-done vocoder, and uh, I ha I can't resist it. Um yeah, I'm down with the vocoder voice because then he just otherwise he just sounds like another one of the robots. It it's, seems to be part of his personality. There's ways to do it without the vocoder that I have liked. The uh, Chinese version? Well, that's different. Like <laughs> but I do like that as songy well. voice. Yeah, Man Mandarin Soundwave is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but um in Cybertron's dub it didn't happen for him all the time, but there was a point where he spoke in a in a semi-monotone normal voice with a vocoded copy of it running underneath. And I, I kind of liked the creepiness of that. Like, it, uh, it felt like he was kind of putting on a voice or in Prime when he would play back voice clips at people with like that that weird vocody filtering over the, the recordings. That was also kind of cool. Um, and then... Uh, Oh, what was it? In the in the audiobooks I like the most, where Mumra was the voice of Megatron, I kind of like the sound wave in those two, where he just sounded like a really just tired, stressed out second in command. Uh -huh. uh, there's something about that I kind of enjoyed. Uh, but but the, whenever they've done sound wave where it's not so much a vocoder, but more like layered voices, I, I, I kind of dig that as well. It just that's not nearly as common um, as just like solidly done vocoder sound wave. Uh, badly done vocoder sound wave, though, I cannot abide. Uh, I, I actually hate I find that really off putting um, like some video games have done that where it's like 
well, all we have to do is get someone to do a Dr. Claw voice and put a vocoder on it. And it so sounds wrong. Like, it just sounds like they slapped the two things together and went like, we're done. And then it just sounds messy. It sounds amateurish. Like, Soundwave's vocoder has to have this certain kind of throbbing low mid to it so that it sounds meaty and juicy. And if it's if that's not there, uh, I'm I'm lost. Like, you, you make me wish you had done just a completely different take on Soundwave. Yeah. Yeah, I could dig that. The uh, the vocoder voice they did for him in the recent R.I.D. cartoon appearance in the final season was actually really friggin' good. Uh, there's a, there's a clip of it up there I've shared on Twitter before. Um, he's only really talking for a couple of episodes in season like Combiner Force season, but the vocoder voice they gave him there was so good. It was probably the best Soundwave vocoder I've ever heard. It was really well done, um, and I, it's it's a shame that he's barely in the show because. Uh, it was legitimately frightening at points when he just starts talking. Like he, his his whole plot, he's just talking about how he wants to call back Megatron, and that doing so is also going to cause a mass extinction event. But he doesn't really care, and he's and he's saying all this quite emotionlessly and matter of factly in this like really good borderline scary vocoder voice. And I was like, I I'm buying this. This is really friggin' cool. The whole plot was resolved in 22 minutes, which sucks. <laughs> but for, for the times he, where he is talking, it was really cool. Um, and I hope that answered your questions. Uh, Triceranon. Um, Seth, have you ever actually like, did you ever have that time like in early fandom? Whereas we learned how they did Soundwave's voice. Did you ever have the inkling to like, I'm going to try to do this, like look into like audio software or something in like the late nineties, early two thousands. No, I, I don't, I can't recall ever having the urge to try to make my own sound wave voice. Okay. I know, I know that it happened to me and I know it's, it's not like super common, but it's not uncommon that I've heard other people say they went through that too. Of like, you know, when, <laughs> I'm not the only one. Uh, believe me when you're other people are weird like me too. That's right. I mean, other people are weird like me. It's, that's undeniable. We got, we got whole websites about it. Uh, what am I talking about? I'm talking about vocoding. Uh, I, I just know it was a, it was a thing where like you read about the vocoder and then like you know it's 2003, 2004, and you realize like hey wait a second, there's a vocoder in this software I could I can I can illegally crack open. Uh, it should be I'll just talk into my thing and then turn the vocoder on and you get this like horrible mess of audio spitting back back out at you. Um, it's fun fun times. Should have done an auto tune sound wave. I wouldn't be against that, to be honest. I would rather hear on auto-tune sound wave than a bad vocoder sound wave. What if it's a bad auto-tune sound wave? I think that'd still be better than a bad vocoder sound wave. Right, bad right. vocoder sound wave just makes me think of, like, I don't know. It's it's A bad vocoder sound wave is, like, to me, really, like, cynically hollow nostalgia grabbing, in a way. It's just like people are like, oh, they like Soundwave when he sounds like the thing with the vocoder. I don't know. Turn it on. Get a guy to talk like this at it. I don't know. All right, good. They'll buy it. Some, I get that feeling off bad vocoder Soundwave. Um, Boy, take it real personal. I do. I'm, I'm laying a lot. <laughs> I, I'm laying a lot at the feet of audio engineers. I admit. But, you know, I also realize one of the things I'm angriest about with the Machinima Transformers cartoons is how poor the audio mixing is done. So I guess I have a thing about that. Uh. Audio mixing wasn't a big problem for Transformers The Last Night. However, uh, it sadly has not won any awards at the Razzies. Um, Transformers The Last Night received nominations at uh, the most recent Golden Raspberry Awards. But 
all of its awards apparently like what happened to the last night the emoji movie happened to the last night and the emoji movie wiped it clean took all the awards away from it um not literally all of them there's a whole list here but uh the, the the movies that, that got that got awards at the Razzies this year, a whole bunch for the Emoji Movie, as well as The Mummy, uh, Boo 2, A Medea Halloween, and Daddy's Home 2, as along with one for Fifty Shades Darker. And that's that's the one that's really killing me. Fifty Shades Darker got a, the sequel award over Transformers 5. Like I, that, that is a loss for our franchise, in my opinion. Well, Boo 2, A Medea Halloween... It won for Best Actress, Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. So you see, they made a joke. They, like, they joked. They did jokes. I don't get it. I don't know what Boo 2 Tyler is. Perry's a, a, he's a, Tyler Perry is a man. And he plays the character Medea, who's a woman. I don't even know what so Boo 2 is. they gave Tyler Perry the worst. <laughs> Do you know what the Medea movies are? No. <laughs> wow. I mean, I've never seen one, but I'm aware. I uh... okay. So uh, okay, imagine. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like realizing million... that you knew what this movie was, and then I just felt so out of touch with the entire world for a moment. I was like, how does yeah, everyone so, know what these are? <laughs> so there's about 500 Medea movies. Oh, and this Tyler Perry guy, he cranks them out. And he's made a fortune off of them. So, you know, good for Tyler Perry. Yeah. He 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 worked his hustle and he, he got his money. And he plays the titular character, Medea, who's like a sassy uh, grandma. Wait, this isn't even animated? This is a person, like, like real people's? I've just, I yeah. just Googled. I've never heard of this in my entire life. How many of these That's are there? shocking. This goes They're back all to 2006? Yeah. There's zillions of these movies. Where have I been? These predate In the Canada. podcast. <laughs> maybe they maybe Medea just never made it to Canada. I guess not. Wow, now I feel really dumb. <laughs> these have been around for over a decade and I'm sitting here going like what's a Medea? <laughs> I think I almost called it a Maida at first too. <laughs> All right, well, I learned something. <laughs> uh, well, um, it's worth noting that our beloved Transformers 5 did have nominations. It had uh, Poisonous Performance for an actor by an actor for Mark Wahlberg. Worst Supporting Actor for... Poisonous. I, you know, it alliterates. Um, oh, it had Worst, worst Picture as well. Uh, worst Supporting Actor for Josh Dumal and Sir Anthony Hopkins. Josh Dumal should have gotten that one, I think. Um Worst, I didn't know Mel Gibson was a supporting actor in Daddy's Home too. All right, he, I guess he gets that one. Worst supporting actress for Laura Haddock, eh? That's middling. That's, that's understandable. Worst sequel, surprised. I guess the Fifty Shades movies got really lousy. Worst director, maybe. I don't know. Does he ever show up for these, Michael Bay? Like, maybe they were just deciding to try for someone new. Um, worst screen combo, well, nobody shows up for them except for uh, what's her name that one year. Oh, really? Um. Yeah. I thought at least no, a couple more people showed up for these. Well, maybe others have, but yeah, it, it was a big everyone. deal when Halle Berry. When Halle Berry showed up for Catwoman, it was a big deal. Yeah. At least then she was the first one to be like, All right, I know. Yeah. I'll go I'll go be part of the joke. Instead of the joke being about me, I'll be part of the 
telling the joke. I guess it kind of, I assumed that, like, she was a high-profile example, but that other people have shown up for these as well. Um... I mean, maybe they have after. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think it's common. I haven't looked into it, but yeah, I thought I thought it was more common than than just like once in a while. Um, but yeah, the Emoji Movie really swept this one. Um, I heard that that movie was like damagingly bad to watch, uh, so I'm unsurprised. Um, it also kind of says like generationally, like Transformers is the old school of bad movies, and you know, maybe it's just yet. I think this is almost. In a way, yet another reason why it's okay for the the old cinematic universe to to be set aside for a new one at some point. Like it, it's run its course. Yeah, it's maybe more damning that they didn't get any of these Razzies because that just puts it more in that middling. It doesn't really stand out. It's not memorable mm-hmm. kind of category. It puts it where the the late the latter end Saw movies I felt ended up. Where it's like, it wasn't even fun for a lot of folks anymore. It was just like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. And then wouldn't even talk about it, just move on, you know, to another one. Um, So, yeah, like, you know, I guess not necessarily in line with the way the article's written. But, yeah, I think it actually is not, it's not really a great thing that last night didn't get any of these. Because that really is the last nail it could have gotten in its coffin. Um, And it, it got it. Like, if it had won one of these, at least it would have still been like, hey, everyone remembers this stuff. Uh, but yo, you know what? The Emoji Movie rightfully swept through this thing, so you know, congrats. Um, yeah, it got like at least half of these, I think. Wow. All right, well, uh, where is my topic list? Here it is. Uh, Seth, any other thoughts on the Razzies? I, I mostly just keep track of them for like no. the Transformer side of them, so like that's kind of the end of an era for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, depending on how the Bumble no, movie turns out, something yeah, the the Razzies are something that happens once a year, and it gets mentioned, and then you go, oh yeah, that thing, and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah. I should say I'm not like a massive like Razzies like you know fist pumping like yeah the Razzies, but it was a, always it's a, a f- goof. Yeah, it was a fun coda to any live action Transformers movie year. I felt of like you know the last round of recognition that that those films can each receive. Um. Anyway, we've got us another listener question here. Uh, this one comes from Rexidus, uh, who says, Good morning, afternoon, or indeterminate time of day to you fine folks at the Transforming Table. Brian again with yet another question. You guys make awesome characters when I ask you to, so I wanted to do so again. This time, Hasbro has come to you and told you that they want a brand new team of Decepticon versions of Dinobots. They don't have to be dinosaurs. They just have to be prehistoric. Uh, they just want you to come up with the team, and their expert toy designers and comic book writers will take your ideas and turn them into beloved new characters. So what brand new characters do you create for them? Have fun, guys. Rexodus and Rollout. That's a pretty good self-name uh, end tag. Rexodus and Rollout. I dig that. Uh, Rexodus does kind of sound like a verb when you put it in that context, but I don't know what it is. Like, you're wrecking something, I guess. Um, Seth, my answer for this is, like, astonishingly unoriginal, but it's, like, immediately popped in my head. So I was going to ask you, like, have you got any ideas percolating uh, for, like, prehistorics? Well, when I saw this question earlier, I meant to look up a bunch of like non-dinosaur prehistoric animals to be different mm-hmm. and then it completely slipped my mind and now I haven't done it but there's some weird like 
not dinosaur prehistoric animals. Oh yeah. Um, like early, it's like some early, um, predatory mammals that are just bizarre looking, just weird shapes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, this is the kind of thing where I would, you know, if I'd done more forethought, I would have hit up, um, I know a paleontologist in Ireland and I would have hit him up, um, for some ideas. What, for advice on who else to talk to? Boom, nailed him. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, wow. There's a dead body in the corner of the room. What happened over there? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'll just give you my, my, my easy answer, and this is I, I'm, I wish I didn't have the, such an obvious thing to go to, but uh, I'll link you in the Zencaster chat. Fans Project's Glacial Lord, they're heroic colors, so, you know, different colors, but the, the, they are five... You know, prehistoric creatures that are not dinosaurs. So woolly mammoth, a kind of rhino, a kind of armadillo, a sort of, you know, saber-toothed tiger, and a, you know, a giant gazelle deer, um, whatever those things, a megalo something. But, uh, like, those, I think because of Glacial Lord, those, and, like, just that no other series have really delved into that side of things I can remember. Like, these are the five, the first five animals I think of when I think non-dinosaur uh, like prehistoric creatures, um, certainly like like creepy sea creatures. I think would be cool too. Like uh, you know, like old like early cephalopods or like just things with claws or with, with chitin that crawl around in the ocean. Um, maybe even like I don't know the weird the weird sea seaborne fishy globule things that humans used to be. That'd be kind of a cool trick. Like the uh, the muck that humans grew out of, like if that was a Decepticon, <laughs> <laughs> the primordial ooze. Yeah. <laughs> Here, I sent you a link to a cool uh, oh um, creature that I'm gonna butcher the name of if I try to read it out. Uh, Inostransivia. Inostransivia. Yeah, it's got big ass teeth. It looks like an alligator hippo. Like there's something vaguely good, hippopotamus good about the about the mouth. This would be a sweet Decepticon alt mode. They'd have to cheat it to be a little bigger, cause in that little silhouette with it next to a waving man, it's it's oh. not that impressive size. <laughs> it's like a big dog. <laughs> yeah, but if that thing came at you in real life, you would crap yourself and then die. Oh yeah, I'm noticing the silhouette it ripped you to shreds. Its mouth is still big enough to bite that man's head off. <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, this thing's the thing's shape is cool. It's a quadruped, but like that the the mouth is so friggin' threatening. That would be awesome on a transformer. In Ostransivia. Yeah, has, has a large head, it seems. Yeah. At least in these artworks. That would make for an interesting transformer in that like it, it maybe wouldn't have the the usual use of like, you know, what turns into what on a four-legged creature. Cuz you'd have oh. like all this extra room in the head. And the legs seem relatively short. Yeah. So then maybe they'd be easier to hide away. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily have to use the rear legs as, like, just the robot's legs. Yeah, I like this a lot. Inostransivia. Inostransivia. Certainly, I've said it close. There's saber-toothed tiger in there, if you want something more recognizable. Yeah, saber-toothed tiger, woolly mammoth. saber tooth. Yeah. Um those are those are easy go tos. Ah, they, they 
done a woolly mammoth before. Yeah, but... They've done it all before. I want to see some of those weird, creepy, squishy sea creatures. I don't know what any of them are called, but, like, all the weird, like, prehistory ones that were... Maybe some of them ended up turning into us and mammals and stuff. I don't know. I want I want whatever crawled out of the water and turned into us before it crawled out of the water. I want a Decepticon that turns into that. Because then that would be the ultimate that would be the ultimate weapon to use against humanity. Its own past. That's what that Decepticon keeps thinking and telling himself. All the other ones are like, dude, your alt mode sucks. It's what is he even supposed to be? <laughs> he's like, No, the humans have plagued us and our evil plans. Now I will use their history against them. And they're like, most humans don't even some humans don't even believe that you are their prehistory, buddy. Like <laughs> what do you <laughs> Oh, there was those crazy giant land birds oh they were huge with those giant savage beaks yeah uh, i don't know what those were called but those things that would that could be something that makes me think decepticon as well like any of those prehistory animals where it's like here's something you know but also it's like friggin' face is more violent <laughs> yeah there was a terror bird that's all that it calls it here the terror bird giant ass bird here's a whole list of uh little known prehistoric uh monsters monster are you a monster i'm not um or animals i think they call them animals (laughs) um terrifying what the hell was i just talking about estimeno um. <laughs> oh these names <laughs> estemenosuchus estemenosuchus oh okay i don't know there's, there's only a picture of like a busted skull but the name of this thing acrophysiter that is a freaking cool name that just works as a transformer name yeah i remember seeing a thing about like prehistoric predators and and there was a, a species of bear uh, that were huge and had long legs and they estimated it could run as fast as a horse oh man and like when the the land bridge connecting uh like the bering straits um asia and north america was still connected like there was like as you look through the fossil record you could see humans spreading up to like right up to the edge of the land bridge and then on the other side is where this bear was. And then after the bear disappears from the fossil record, that's when humans start appearing in the fossil record for <laughs> Fri- North America. Friggin- so they, <laughs> yeah, they think this bear was like the last barrier to humans coming into North America. And when it died out, then it was like, all right, y'all, the coast is clear. This bear is just like, not in my lifetime. Yeah. (laughs) The giant bear that could run like 30 miles an hour is gone. (laughs) I'm just, I'm looking at these names are kind of, some of these names are pretty inspiring. Like number 10 on this list, the Gorgonopsid. Like it's another one of those things with just like a kind of T-Rex hippo looking mouth full of sharp stuff. Uh, which also helps, but that's a good name. Number seven, the the uh, Perusaurus, the Perusaurus, also looks like a really happy hippo. <laughs> they all have hippo faces. No, it just looks like a giant crocodile. Hippos are terrible. <laughs> Number four is a friggin' is a friggin' scorpion. 
but it could grow up to a meter long. Yeah. Pullman now, Scorpius. Yeah. There were like these giant prehistoric scorpions that actually didn't really look much like scorpions. Yeah. Um, but the scorp- modern scorpions are like the closest reference animal. So I don't know if this was really that scorpiony looking. Yeah. I'm also getting carried or if away. That's the one I'm thinking of. I'm getting carried away and going like they should they should make a transformer that turns into a scorpion. Yeah. We need a scorpion transformer. Completely forgot there's a transformer Why who's not? such a scorpion, his name is literally Scorpionock. Yeah. What's up? I'm a scorpion. Be weird if I didn't turn into a scorpion, wouldn't it? What with his name and all. Um so hopefully that was a bunch of helpful ideas. Uh, Rexodus. Like I didn't. I'm not going to any characters here because you're saying that designers and comic book writers are gonna gonna deal with the rest. Um. But those all those all these friggin' creatures. Some of these are really working for me. Like I don't know if we're supposed to come up with like a character capsule or anything. All I really would have is like they're all very violent, and I guess for me yeah. it would be like they're all very violent, but also all highly intelligent. So they all speak at length with very large words and very calmly, but they, you know, that's while they're like peeling humans apart and eating them or something. All these could, I've always wanted Decepticons who literally eat humans that aren't just in kiss play. These could work as that. Like they're like, they, they decide like, you know what? We're on an energon shortage. This has always been my thing. What if there were some Decepticons who were like this energon shortage thing? Like this is all we're having an arms race for fuel. What if we just like eat the local life forms and, and figure out how to process them into energy instead? And then you get this bunch of just like horrifying Decepticons who just literally eat people. I'd be down for that. I think it'd be cool. <laughs> That might be a little more hardcore than Hasbro's ready to go. Well, I'll be in the comic books, all right? Like we... <laughs> when they put me in charge, things are going to get better around here, let me tell you. Just waiting waiting to get the keys to the to the franchise. Um, so I hope that answered your question, uh, Rexodus. Uh, we're going to move into some what we got this week. And uh, Seth, do you have any fresh on-topic uh, stuff to talk about? Well, I got a Grimlock, but I haven't opened them yet, so. Ah. I don't have anything on topic fresh to talk about myself. Well, okay, I got one thing, but it's just like it's a sword. (laughs) But I don't like it. I like it, but it's like there's not much to say. Dr. Wu put out some fresh stuff. Oh. Y'all remember Dr. Wu? Wu. Yeah. Uh, Let me get you the link to what I got. Um... So, I got these, like, knockoff Masterpiece Megatrons that are all, you know, slightly different in their own ways, and one of them is a lot more, like, G1 toy-ish, right down to, like, coming with an alternate G1 toy face and everything, and so I got this set, Dr. Wu's P38 Asura Silver set, uh, linked in the chat, to finish him off, basically, and give him his, you know, his toy sword, because the figure just looks like a Masterpiece Toy Megatron. Um, so this sword is part of the one-two combination of stuff I had coming in to finish that off. The other thing is off of Shapeways, I've got a uh, an add-on trigger crotch from uh, from Shapeways coming in. So that I'll have, like, the ultimate G1 toy Megatron uh, in my mind as voiced by the guy who voiced Mumra, like, in the audiobook. Um, this also comes with, like, um, a different handle for the sword with a, a palm tab, and then it comes with, like, a little reflector and a, and a pair of binoculars. Uh, it just yeah, comes with, like, like, a Ziploc. reflector. Yeah, it all looks good. It just comes in a Ziploc bag, you know? Um, I haven't even taken a look at the reflector up close. Yeah, 
yeah, he's got paint everywhere and everything. It's the right colors, right size. Looks good. Um, there's just also a version of this set where the sword has a purple blade, but I wanted it to be as G1 as possible, so I went with the silver blade instead. Um, just trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, you know what? No, I did get another on-topic thing. Um, just the, like it's it's like stuff I bought months ago and only just received because uh, I had a pile of loot going. Um, back during like some holiday sales, uh, I got the uh, you know the masterpiece Datsuns. I got the blue blue streak and the silver silver streak, the two exclusive versions. Um, and the colors look great in person. I'm sure a lot of people already knew that. I just never had them. Um, and then I also got, uh, this is kind of interesting, actually. Let me find the, the page for him. Um, I got one of those Planet X figures, the guys who currently just focus on, uh, designs from the video games. Uh, so this was their version of, uh, Fall of Cybertron Optimus, the Fist on Wheels, who was in Wave 1 of the 2012 Generations line, the first line to just get, like, punched in the budget as hard as possible, which led to very small toys. So this is a much larger version of that Optimus, um, and I quite like him. Uh, his transformation's a little bit weird. His instructions are, like, insultingly god-awful. Because they're not only unclear, but in order to be printed on one on a one-sided, folded-in-half piece of paper, the pictures oh, for each step are smaller than a postage stamp, and they're, they're wide CAD shots <laughs> that are slightly dark with darkened parts on the toy and arrows pointing everywhere. I cannot read them. They are terrible instructions, and whoever decided that would be worth printing should feel embarrassed and bad. Uh, luckily, the toy came out like a year ago, so I could just go on YouTube to see how he works. <laughs> But um, his transformation is actually really good. It's just like there's parts of it that like those instructions literally, utterly fail <laughs> to communicate, even if the pictures were bigger, that borderline almost would have caused me to break the toy until I saw a video of how the, the step actually works. Uh, so the Planet X instructions, I don't know if they've gotten any better since, since Jupiter, but like they, they were terrible for him, uh, which is I'm happy to say is the worst part of the toy. The actual figure, I think, is great. Uh, feels good, um, really interesting transformation that is not terrible once you've gone through it. It just has a bit where you have to shove stuff past stuff, like on their Grimlock. Um, but it's it's for a decent uh, end result. Transforming them only takes like about a minute or two for me now. Um, and it's very satisfying to have like a big solid version of both of his modes. And he comes with, like a bunch of weapons. He's got like a gun that actually can replace his hand. Like it just clips on over his forearm. Uh, he comes with like a big axe and a big sword. Uh, swords like similar to, I think, the one that the... Uh, the deluxe toy came with uh, very solid figure. I really like it. Um, I, I, I got interested in him again because they finally released their Megatron. And then I read on some feedback that their Megatron doesn't quite feel as nice as this one, maybe because he got put out right before Chinese New Year. So I figured like, well, I always like that Optimus. And if that Optimus people still have nice things to say about it a year later, I'll, I'll pick it up. Um, so I, I'd like to pick up their Megatron at some point as well, but I'd like to hear some more about like if he's as rickety as some reviews were saying. I'm not actually too sure. Um, and sadly, as always, I like these figures. I like that they're going to those video game designs. Uh, but it's it, it's worth saying the folks who actually worked on those designs are, are seeing nothing from this other than maybe the small satisfaction that these are being realized in 3D. But, you know, that's that's kind of akin to saying, well, at least they're getting exposure for it, right? Um, it's pretty cool, though. Still, still have warm feelings for those games. Um, oh, and he has a Matrix, but no one cares. <laughs> uh <laughs> Seth, uh, I don't remember if we ever talked about this guy, but like, it, I think it's really cool still seeing like some of these Fall of Cybertron designs like 
getting high-end love even if it is like on the gray market yeah um it's kind of interesting when a third-party company decides to do something that's kind of that far removed from current mm-hmm. instead of just jumping on like whatever the the hot bandwagon is for third party which is like masterpiece alikes currently yeah so like th- this is all I mean, the I credit is... for doing something else uh, yeah, so. i was gonna say like i'm gonna go double check but like planet x has been around now for a really long time <laughs> uh, their Omega Supreme was the first toy they put out when did that thing come out even uh, like 2013 I think is when it came out so since and they announced it had got to be at least 2012 so since 2012 2013 they've been they've been going on so that's like nearly they're going on to five years now of only doing figures from the two high moon video games uh, well you could get one of those uh, Planet X Omega Supremes without a head from Big Bad Toy Store for the low, low price of $380. It's worth worth noting, it still has a head, it just doesn't have the second head that they made. Oh, uh, right. There was a new head they made, because the head that's included with it is just a faceplate with no face underneath, and then they made a second head, because the head comes out, it's like a little tank. So they made, because you can replace it that way, they made a second tank that had a face with an actual sculpted oh, face. Head tank. Oh, okay, so this is just an older one before that. Yeah, yeah, and then the, there was oh, a okay. period where the well, head tank was included. A head. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very, I wouldn't have written the entry this way. <laughs> yeah, because uh, sometimes, big in the past, Big Bad has sold like, oh, here's the figure that we had to take this part from to to send to somebody that got a broken one so here's the rest of it if you want it sort of a thing they really should have written somewhere on here that the figure does still actually have a head because i'm reading this entry this reads a lot like a headless figure (laughs) but yeah the head tank they're talking about was the additional head tank uh that was around for a little bit um but yeah, like you know, it, it also it's worth saying. Not only have they been doing now for nearly five years just those video game designs, but the first couple of those five years were also just the Dinobots and Omega Supreme. Um, so they've gone places now. Like they've moved into vehicles, they moved into Decepticons. You know, they did Tripticon as well. I still haven't actually messed with that figure. Um, but yeah, uh, it's kind of cool to pick up. I, I don't think I've owned. Any aside from Omega Supreme, I don't. I've never handled a vehicular Planet X figure, so that was also kind of cool. Like just a figure that turns into a thing on wheels. Um, but that's all for my on-topic stuff. So Seth, uh, let's go off-topic. Uh, what else did you perhaps get this week? Um, not much. Not much of anything really. Um, just some random bits for Dungeons and Dragons kind of stuff mm. like spell cards um which are kind of handy. Um oh I I did do something real dumb. All uh, right. So remember when I thought it was a good idea to sign up for Geek Fuel? Uh vaguely <laughs> about a year ago and then I just would keep forgetting to cancel it and then I got Geek Fuel boxes for just about a year, maybe slightly longer. Mm-hmm. Um and I just kept getting them. Uh, so I signed up for Dungeon Crate. Oh boy. <laughs> so I got my first Dungeon Crate, uh, which is a smaller thing. 
Um, so I'm not getting terrible garbage <laughs> as much terrible garbage <laughs> is is funko managed to get their hands on that yet or <laughs> no not that i've okay. seen um <laughs> what what is kind of cool is it seems like every month you get a, uh at least one uh miniature unpainted miniature from reaper oh that's cool so that's something um in this case it was a fire giant queen hmm. so it's just this big honking mama <laughs> um <laughs> that will be fun to paint uh and then um and then a die from game science it looks like they're starting a thing where every month you're going to get another uh die from a company called uh game science where uh their edges are super sharp um mm -hmm. very hard edges they're not rounded off at all and last and the previous month was the d20 and this month was the D12, so we missed out on the D20, but, you know, uh, whatever. That would hurt if it was, like, a 20-sided die with really hard edges, because then you would always be touching edges. Yeah. Oh, no, I just like holding this D12 and just sort of, like, pinching it and rolling around in my fingers, because the edges are so sharp. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's nice. The, the like numbers aren't painted, though. An edged D20, like, I'm just imagining that, actually, if you use that as, like, a massage tool... Like, you got an aching shoulder, just roll this edged D20 around on your shoulder a bunch. I don't know. It could be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, so this game science, uh, the, they make the dice. And um, you could get them with the numbers inked in or, or not. It costs extra to get them inked in. Mm -hmm. uh, but part of their deal is these really sharp edges. And how they kind of do that is when they cast the plastic... Um, where other companies then put the dice into a tumbler to uh to like smooth out where the uh um the plastic injection was like the kind of little chunky rough edge um like where it was cut from a a sprue almost yeah um they don't do that so you do have like the one little kind of chunky bit uh but then all the other edges are just like razor sharp um it's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's all right. And then every month comes with a short adventure, which is kind of cool. Um, hmm. So I was looking at, at two different uh, subscription boxes, like role-playing themed subscription boxes. So it was, it was down to that or RPG Crate and um, this YouTube channel, Nerdarchy has had done a series of videos where they were opening um both boxes every month like one of the guys was subscribed to both so they would open them both together and uh and you would get a look at them like what what was in there and it looks like there's a good chance with the rpg crate that you'll get like a, a full book um, oh wow <laughs> yeah but just in general the stuff i was seeing from dungeon crate seemed more interesting to me personally than uh than than not or than the yeah. uh, rpg crate and then dungeon crate um they also have like kind of like a sample crate that's like bits of past crates like extra bits that they had left over uh for cheaper and we ordered one of those and the coolest thing in there was a deck of cards um, 
uh, treasure cards for level like one to four. So if you just need like this random encounter happened and I need some sort of treasure to give to the players, let me just pull one of these cards, roll a dice, and this is what you found. And uh, now being for lower level players, like the only magic items that are in this deck are uh, like potions and scrolls. But uh, yeah. But, like, it has descriptions. I wish I had the deck on hand to, like, read it to you. Because it won't... It, it's not just like, oh, like, this much gold. Or, oh, this scroll. Like, it come Like, they have a description written with it that makes it all more interesting. So you don't just find a necklace. There's a necklace and there's a description to the necklace. And the scroll, there, there's a description of the scroll case and it adds more flavor to the whole thing and makes it more fun than oh you found a a jewel the jewel is carved in the shape of a phoenix or something like that it also all is it sounds all less cynical i guess is how i'd put it than like a lot of the current crate business like it seems very genuine where it's coming from compared to you know here's a box of just nonsense yeah the one thing with dungeon crate though is it seems like the the main guy at dungeoncrate.com loves fantasy coins so from looking at past crates there's a lot of coins <laughs> um which is a little odd but i wonder if it's, it's like he wants the coins so he gets a run of them done because yeah. he wants it and then like <laughs> he's like all right well i'll put it into this crate service of mine <laughs> I'm zeroing in on a picture of that fire giant queen miniature. There's a zillion pictures, but like the paint jobs are crazy. Some of these paint jobs I want are crazy. A, I want a good one. I want a good picture. Well, that and freaking YouTube, or not YouTube. What am I talking about? Uh, Google. They took out that that yeah, view, image view image. Yeah, because some because uh, Getty Images threatened to sue them over it, so they took it out. So you can still right click and sucks. You can still right-click and view image, though, I've been finding. Yeah, well, it, it's just adding, like, a couple of clicks. Yeah. And it's annoying. I don't like it. Getty Images, your garbage. I'm, I'm going to still... I don't even remember. I've, I've just know that I've seen that name on... Okay, understandably, I've seen that name on a whole lot of image searches and never actually looked into their business. <laughs> um, so I guess I guess I see where they're coming from in some regard, but also that's, like whatever it's not good yeah. press now everyone's <laughs> gonna think y'all are a bunch of jerks uh anyway i sent you a link to that miniature hello. painted up oh yeah so, that looks cool yeah um oops oh, over two inches tall as well for like for a, you know link yeah well it's a giant i mean come on <laughs> yeah no, i'm just saying like for you know a miniature that's in a crate system yeah. that's not bad and it seems like the the short adventure that that comes in the crate um they try to make relevant to the miniature um that you're getting so it's like hey use this miniature that we sent you in this adventure um so that you know it's neat it's all neat um, yeah now, I think the company that makes that deck of treasure cards also makes critical hit and critical miss cards that that I was aware of. Um, 
those could be fun too to just kind of jazz it up in a game but mm -hmm. i i was reading a review on those cards where it sounds like they're they kind of overpower stuff like you get that critical hit and and now you've like com completely crippled a monster that just should have taken a lot of damage <laughs> or you get a critical miss and then instead of whatever <laughs> like minor kind of inconvenience now your character has a broken leg or something crazy like that <laughs> your character is dead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you swing your sword and the blade spins around and chops your head off good job you're dead <laughs> give me your character sheet but uh, i mean it could be fun if you were playing like a less serious kind of a um game campaign or, or like one where you could take those as like inspiration rather than just using them as like straight up like you know we're like not so much we're gonna do what's precisely written here like we're gonna just like you know if this seems really stupid and isn't gonna make the game any more fun then we'll just like use bits of it yeah so yeah i signed up for one of those dumb things i'm one box in all right well um i got i got two off-topic things i wanted to talk about okay and uh, I took lots of pictures of them on Twitter, so I'll just link my Twitter media and just scroll down to see the Pacific Rim stuff. That's where I'll start. Because uh, I went to Toys R Us, um, Silver League, uh, Pokemon channel on YouTube I talked to a bunch, because um, he's in, in the provincial area that I'm in, sent me a Twitter message going like, hey, Toys R Us saw this Pacific Rim figure. And so I was like, if he saw a Pacific Rim figure... That means there's a chance I'll see them if I go today, that being the next day when I saw the message. So I went there. They had all three of the first wave of the Bandai Robot Damashi figures for Pacific Rim Uprising. Um, I've wanted to pick up these figures in part because when NECA was doing the Pacific Rim 1 figures, after about two waves, I was kind of sitting there going like, man, I sure wish someone else was doing these. Um... And so now someone else is doing these. And uh, I like how these figures feel a whole lot. Gypsy Avenger is by far the best of the first three. By intention, the figure is supposed to be, like, a few bucks cheaper than the other two. And also has more accessories. So it's like kind of, like, been front-loaded to be, like, the, the best-seller figure. Which, is, you know, makes sense. Uh, the other two, though, Titan Redeemer and Bracer Phoenix. Um, Wave 1 is really structured for Gypsy Avenger. Because it's like, here's... The bright blue, orange-chested superhero robot of the whole film with a whole bunch of accessories for cheaper. And then here's, like, a drab green and a drab tan robot. Um, so I opened up the drab green and drab tan robots first because I figured, like, this is only fair. I'll mess with these two first. Uh, Titan Redeemer, the green one with the Morningstar hand, uh, I really like that figure. I'm uh, surprised about how much range he gets on his joints given the that he at a glance, looks kind of like just a regular bulky dude with big shoulder pads. Uh, the shoulder pads, like, they have soft bits, so you can get his arms to come out a little bit farther than uh, what looks like the limitation would cause. Um, he comes with, like, one spare hand, so you can change his non-Morningstar hand from a fist to an open one. That's, that's basically how the spare hands work on these guys, is fists, and then open hands, but open hands where if you just pop them in, it's more like they're holding their hand up, like doing a repulsor blast, or going like, Stop! But then, like, the range on the double ball joint on the wrist lets you make it a kind of normal open hand um, if you play with it enough. Um, so he, he and Brace, Bracer Phoenix also, like, feels really good uh, and has some really good, probably the best articulation design on the shoulders of the three. Because, like, the shoulder pads are on different ball joints from the ball joints of the shoulders themselves. But then the assembly with the two ball socket mounts 
itself can also rotate forwards and backwards. So you can like move the whole thing with like arm and shoulder pad, or you can move the arm and shoulder pad separately. Uh, it's really nice. And he's got like swap out bits to make his centrifugal chest cannon stick out of his the front and the back of his stomach. Um, so the two kind of drab looking Jaegers are really fun to play with still. Like I'm, I'm quite happy with them. Uh, also because at Toys R Us, the Toys R Us I went to, just all these figures were the same price. So I paid five bucks extra for Gypsy Avenger, but then saved eight bucks a piece on the other two. So it all it all balanced out nicely. Gypsy Avenger though is very, very nicely done. Like, uh, I haven't bought Robot Damashi in a while, but it's just a really nicely sculpted figure. Um, the promo picks for these figures makes them look very unpainted, and certainly, like, they aren't covered in paint apps. That's one place... That, you know, that and accessories, I think, is where money was saved to make these things cost... Like, Bandai, like, aimed these almost, like, at NECA. They're like, hey, look... We saw your tweet a couple years ago about how our toys are all overpriced. So we're going to make our our Pacific Rim toys the price of yours, and we're going to make them better. And they basically did that. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite cool with that, because <laughs> it means that these are really good toys and they're affordable compared to, I don't know, like other import robot damashis. But Gypsy Avenger just like feels great, has a, a, a full range of articulation. The only bit of limitation I found is like the shoulders can get crowded with those shoulder pads. Uh, and those shoulder pads are on ball socket joints, but those are connected directly to the actual shoulders. So they they can't get out of the way as well as Bracer Phoenixes. But um Seth, if you go through my Twitter media feed, uh, I believe that proves you can still get quite a bit of good posing out of these toys. Um, I don't know why, but I'm, I think partly because they all have quite ambulant hips and their open hands are quite good at cupping their own butts. Uh, for whatever reason, the, like I'm just characterizing Gypsy Avenger as like a mean girl. Uh I, I don't know. I think it's also in part because of the, the attitude of this line feels like this really weird, like, pointed rebuttal to NECA. <laughs> um, well, I'm looking at some of your pictures and wondering if at T16 Skyhop on Twitter isn't getting ready to sue you for gimmick infringement. <laughs> oh, no, no. He's been called in. He's quite cool with it. Um, I, I just say, like, I learned a lot from him. Uh, Nick, Nick has taught me a whole lot about how to get robots to do fun things with their hips. Uh, but I love these figures. I'm friggin' hyped for the second wave of them because the second wave is all the colorful robots and the evil-looking black one with the orange-red plasma swords uh, called Obsidian Fury. Mm. So I'm uh, I'm I'm down for the like. The thing about this line is, I originally was gonna pre-order it all, and I was like, wait a second, like, what if I end up kind of not being into the film? But then like. I heard that they were actually going to be at Canadian Toys R Us's, so I was like, all right, if I can go buy one in person, I'll do it. I like these figures enough, and like, I like that the, the group shot of the six of them total it just looks like a friggin' Super Sentai. Um, I don't care if I like the movie or not. I like the way these figures look as a group of six robots, and they going by these first three, they are very fun to play with. Uh, so I'm down for this line. Um, I'm really down if we get robot Damashi figures for the original four Pacific Rim robots and some of the other designs from the first movie. Uh, I think that the the way they did these would be very well suited to those figures. Um, but I, I'm just I'm way into this. And I, I fully admit, especially here on the podcast, where it's a little bit more loosey goosey how we're talking. Uh, I'm really liking how much of a friggin targeted backhand these toys are at the NECA Pacific Rim line because I got real tired of that line um, especially when Gypsy Danger was revised twice and still did not have super great hip motion. There's a reason why I took three pictures of Gypsy Avenger like doing the splits and performing a yoga
yoga handstand uh, and doing a high kick because it's like, hey, look, some somehow this robot is moving its hips and it's a blue Pacific Rim robot. How did they do that? Um, granted, the one thing these things don't have is uh, is like paint weathering and a diamond select is also doing uh the jaegers from pacific rim uprising uh theirs will be uh around about the same price and will have paint weathering but probably will not be quite as posable i've heard it asserted they just aren't as posable but i haven't seen any in-hand reports of them yet so i'm you know quietly hopeful that maybe diamond will do some good ones as well but then i've also heard some not so great stuff about some of diamond's ghostbusters toys um so I'm, i'm not hopeful but uh yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying these figures. Um and and they are they are living on my desk right now. Um Seth, I forgot if you were uh, very much of a Pacific Rim fellow or if you're more of just like a spectator. I I enjoyed the first movie and I just I can't get excited for another one for some reason. I don't know why, mm. but just all the like kind of build up for the sequel, I'm like, nah. We kind of did it I just, already. <laughs> I've just been I've just been ignoring it for the most part. And the, the only thing that's actually gotten me more excited about the sequel is I finished the first Pacific Rim, and I was like, that was a pretty cool real robots movie. Uh, now I would like to see some super robot added into this. And then apparently, and this is very divisive, is what I'm catching. But Pacific Rim Two is way more super robot in that the Jaegers are now like straight up like running around like doing flips and jump kicks and stuff to the monsters and i'm like hey that's kind of exactly what i wanted out of a sequel to this huh uh it's rubbing a lot of people very much the wrong way and i'm you know whatever i'm not gonna yell at them for not thinking about stuff the way i do but uh i don't know i I haven't really been i took a look at another trailer and i was just like eh you know i'm just gonna go see the movie and then if i don't like it i'll make up my own story for these robots but um I also got a message from uh, Q-Dog, a listener to the podcast, at least a a while's back, an Australian friend of ours. Uh, He's seen Uprising, I think, as part of the press, and he was telling me I am going to want to get a figure of uh, Saber Athena, uh, who's going to be one of the Wave 2 Jaegers in the Robot Damashi line, which is the very overtly female-looking Jaeger who has twin blades uh, that can combine together, and uh, I believe is called the Blade Dancer. And I was told by Q Dog that uh, that I am going to want to pick up that figure. So I'm going to you know, I'm going to take his advice and just buy the whole wave. <laughs> um, Seth, the other thing I got, and I know you've seen these photos, uh, is I got my first order from CJSIM. Uh, CJSIM. I always forget how to pronounce it. Uh, C J E S I M is the company name. It is a company of two people. Uh, who it turns out are based out of my area, and uh, they make 112 scale soft goods. Uh, they have a website with a whole catalog, but all of their stuff is made to order. So if you order something from them, it is going to be a couple months because you're going to be entered into their system. They they get regular orders, so you probably won't be front of the line. Uh, but if you check their website and you know your batch number, then you'll know roundabouts when your stuff is getting worked on. And... Um, this stuff feels great. Uh, it's like a lot of this stuff is like capes. That's one of their main things. Also like robes or like, you know, outfits all made to add on to, to six inch scale figures. Uh, and they wire all the capes and they wire them properly. And I, I am now coming to learn. I used to just be very wary of wired capes. Uh, but between SH Fig Arts, Kamen Rider Eternal, and then the CJ, CJ Sims stuff, like 
I'm coming around on wired capes when they're done the way I like them. And that is with a full wire running through the entire thing. It turns out every time I've really hated the way a wired cape feels, it's when there's just a wire down each horizontal side, like two separate wires, but then no wire across the bottom. Um, that actually is, is worse than no wire at all. Cause that means no matter what you do with those two wires, the floppy bottom is going to make the cape slip and slide around the two wires and the cape will always floof out. It'll never do what you want it to. Uh, the CJ Sim stuff, like using my own terminology has really good hand feel. Uh, the wire feels great. The material is really like well stitched, very dense. Um, so I got like the Kylo Ren cape from last Jedi. I got the captain phasma cape from last Jedi and I got the Dr. Doom set that they made for Marvel legends. Dr. Doom turns out they actually made that for the second Marvel legends. Dr. Doom that I forgot exists. Cause I have two of the toy biz one, but I, I tried fitting it on the toy biz one and it worked. So I'm, I'm happy enough. And the Dr. Doom set is also like a hood with a wire in it and, and like a cape with a chain and a tunic. Uh, and then I bought a $5 belt from them um, to hold it together and then put the plastic belt over top. Um, hmm. Seth, I cut you off. No, no, I was just reacting to it going, hmm. Ah. Yeah. Because somewhere I have uh, that, that same Dr. Doom, uh, except for I had the chase version that has the Doombot face under the mask. I have that version as well. Oh. Uh, I have two of them. It's a lucky break you have two of them. That's right. That's why I felt super okay about doing this because I'm like, whatever. I even tested it. It's really easy to pop the head off. So it's like, even if this all goes wrong, I'll still have both heads and a regular Doctor Doom. Uh, but I always, way back when that Toy Biz one came out, I was so bummed out about how much his rubber tunic and rubber cape and rubber hood made his posability all kind of useless yeah. in, in various ways. Uh, so now I have one who's completely posable. And it, the cape is enormous. One thing I've learned now that I've been getting like good wired capes is also how to fold them for neutral poses so that they look like they're just draping down. It's um, The whole thing is becoming confident in the wire. And so like doing a whole lot of like accordion folding. Uh, I used to be... The thing I've always been afraid of also is that the wires will break. I guess that like... You know, now that it's like a decade later since I first began thinking of that, perhaps there are just better, more durable wires. Like a lot of this stuff ships with the capes like folded, just like hard folded in half at the wires and they seem fine. So it's like I've just decided, you know what, I'm just going to I'm going to use the wire as much as I want, because clearly folks like CJ Sim or Bandai, when they use a wired cape, have the confidence that it'll survive. And if it doesn't, it's stitched into the fabric. I, it doesn't seem like it would be the worst thing in the world to have like one small break. Like I could, I could probably deal with that more breaks. I could attempt fixing it if I want to, or like, you know, take the wire out. Um, I'm really impressed with this stuff. CJ Sim do great work. Their stuff is pricey to be sure. Um, and, uh, you know, it takes a while to get to you. So you gotta, you gotta be okay with those two things. But I, I'm happy to say that I don't feel like the money was misspent, especially knowing it's a two person, like very bespoke operation. Uh, and also, you know, they're, they're semi-local and I really want to support that. If, if stuff of this quality is coming out of like, you know, locations so close to where I am. Um, so the, the next thing of theirs I've been thinking about is they have an upgrade set for the 40th anniversary black series, Darth Vader, like the new one. Uh, so it's like a wired Cape and like a wired tunic. Um, I'm very tempted by that given how well this stuff turned out. Uh, like the Kylo Ren Cape, has stitching on it I didn't even realize was on his cape in the film. Uh, so, like, not just the embroidered lines running down the cape, you know, like, striping, but then there are these, you can see it in one of my photos, kind of, there are these diagonal kind of slash mark embroideries on it as well. 
Uh, and they, they replicated all of that on the cape. It's it's fantastic. Uh, it also means I can pose Kylo Ren like a street mag- magician, as, as Seth had pointed out on Twitter. Uh, I Him with the Adam Driver head and those splayed hands, all I've been doing is just putting him with the cape and like this, like the, the dumbest, like snidely whiplash poses, like just like sneaking around, <laughs> like pulling his cape over his face like a vampire. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> Um, I can't, I really like The Last Jedi, Kylo Ren, probably not entirely for intended reasons, but I'm having so much fun with the, the cape was the thing that's missing from that figure. Uh, Bandai didn't even try, uh, you know, good on them, because they would have just done, like, a hard shell cape that no one would have liked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm very impressed with this stuff. Go check them out, C-J-E-S-I-M, uh, if you get the chance. Like I said, it's like... It's in U.S. dollars, and, like, the Doctor Doom set was, like, 50 bucks. Um, like, one of these capes, I think, was, like, 30 bucks or something. So it's, you know, it is not just, like, a cheap add-on thing. Uh, you're paying for someone's time and uh, and artisanship, and in my opinion, they have it. Because uh, this stuff felt ready to go right out of the envelope, and, like, you know, no worries whatsoever. Like, that Kylo Ren cape doesn't even, you know, in the movie, his cape doesn't actually have, like, a clasp or anything. It's kind of just resting over his shoulders. And this cape, all you got to do is, it's you know, you can tell the part that goes over his shoulders. Just put it on him, push it over his shoulders, and it holds itself in there with the wire, like, really well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed. Uh, Seth, I know you're, you're down for the six-inch stuff. Are you at all into the idea of, like, these handmade add-on... F- soft pieces yeah um i am uh just because some of the soft stuff on especially like the uh the star wars figures is the real kind of a bummer um Mm -hmm. like the giant goofy cape on those (laughs) early vaders that early vader um it's just awful so or palpatine yeah, I skipped the, the, the I skipped the Palpatine figure. They all palpy. Yeah, that I remember seeing pictures of that thing, and that's I'll show you. I'll, I'll link you some stuff. Guess guess what? CJ Sim make a lot of their money on palpy Star Wars. <laughs> they have a, a fifty five dollar full on wired robe for him. Yeah, that's kind of expensive though. Well, it's because it's like a friggin' like multi layered outfit, basically. Yeah. Uh, also, you remember the, what is this? The Resistance Troopers. Like sometimes they just do stuff like this. Also for like the Mezco One Twelve stuff, where it's like, hey, we just remade the sculpt, but in clothing. And you can just put it on over the figure. So it's like you know, it's it's very um, I don't know the word for it. It's like this is if you just have money to spend to make your figures look f- super fancy. But you know they do it like they made pants for Black Series Kylo Ren. Where it's just like, yeah, we made a pair of pants that you can tuck into the boot sculpts, so it looks like he's wearing cloth pants. And it's like, I appreciate that. That's. <laughs> it looks like there's a full-on Duke from G.I. Joe thing. That's uh, 112 Steve Rogers. Oh. And yeah, they basically made a Duke costume for him, so it's 112 Duke. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Um, I don't even like Duke that much, site, but <laughs> their their site's pretty easy to get lost in. <laughs> they they got a lot of stuff. Um, like they made uh, for what was it the uh, the black the Marvel Legends uh, Star Lord. They made like a, a coat, a shirt, trousers, and a scarf as a set. Huh. Um, 
There's just like like one thing they that I find they do among other things like they also have these full ninja outfits, which are just for any figures. Uh, it's like those the synthetic humans. The 112 versions are one of the ones they they structure a lot of their stuff for because those are basically like naked robots. But then like a lot of Marvel Legends that come out, it seems like if they feel they can do a cloth version of the clothes on the figure, they'll just do it. So like they made like pants for the Iron the Iron Fist figure that came out. Um. It's a cool site to go through. I'm not just going to like narrate the whole thing, but check out cjsim.com if you want to just like see what they do. Yeah, uh, they have very nice photos. Yeah, something that looks really good with these is they could they could really easily look bad cuz it's it can be yeah. hard to scale fabric and then you're putting these clothes over the top of figures that were designed to already be in scale with their sculpted on clothes. So these could easily come off looking like way too baggy or make the character look way too bulky and thick. Um, there, there is a little bulk on this. Uh, like I found the individual pictures of the, uh, the Duke outfit. Yeah. But it's not so bad that it doesn't just make, duke look like a thick dude that you could yeah. imagine like this proto alpha army man being <laughs> also like like some of their stuff you know is built with the idea that you're also going to like knife off like rubber parts like rubber clothing parts on a figure for instance uh-huh. um so like you know on, on the doctor doom you have to knife off his rubber belt and skirt part of his tunic uh on either of the doctor dooms but like so like some of their stuff is not so much like out of the box just put it on the toy and you're done but even then for the small amount of customizing you're doing it's like all right you you used your exacto knife for five minutes now here's a fully stitched piece to finish the custom that you started uh and yeah, the, the 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 way that their stitching is done just on the capes even and on doctor doom's tunic is is very impressive like in the way that I was really impressed by 112 Collective when their stuff started coming out. Um, and the way I've been impressed by 3A's stuff when they aren't doing a complicated 112 scale costume, mm-hmm. like when it's something more simple. Um, CJ Sim has like just gotten very good. I mean, I think they've been around for a couple of years, so obviously they will get better over that amount of time. But they are very good at making this stuff not look flo- like floofy. Yeah. Um, and it's like if you go through their site, like they have sets, but then they also have just like, here's here's our pants that we make, here's our vests and etc. Like they have standalone things as well. I like some of the uh, the names they've had to come up with. Like this Luke Skywalker robe is Farm Kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really recommend checking out their site. Like a <laughs> bulletproof defender for Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, like, I'll say it one more time, because I think it's really important to just, like, state the obvious. Yes, these are all very expensive as well. I'm not saying, like, everyone listening to, everyone, every toy collector should be going out and just buying expensive clothes for their figures. But, like, you know, if you want to get into doing any of this stuff, like, you know, these folks do a very good job. Oh, Um, well, don't come here looking for that uh, Star-Lord, or should I say Space Guy set. It is listed as sold out. You want to know the real bummer? Uh, when I found out about these folks, uh, they had a coat that I really wanted, and apparently it's sold out super fast. I'll link you to it, because uh, it's for a figure you and I both have, and I think you'll agree that this would have really helped this figure out, having like the one extra piece of clothing. 
Oh, I just saw the the name in the link, and I already knew. Like, yeah, this would yeah. probably be a great. <laughs> yeah, that's a great coat. It's Holy a purple crap. long coat for the Mezco One Twelve Joker. They they just put out a new vest for him, so you can replace his purple vest with a green vest if that is something you're into. But I was like, that's neat. But I would rather have a purple coat, like like coat for him. Uh, hopefully they can do another run of those. God, what? Mezco showed something at Toy Fair that I got excited about, but now I can't remember what it was. They're doing a new Joker. No, it wasn't anything Batman related. Okay. Uh, John Wick. No, I, mean, I, I we already talked never about seen that on those here. Movies. You were hot right. for that, but I never. Jeez. <laughs> or something. Oh well. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I was very excited to share this stuff with you in particular because I know this is your scale. Um, yeah. No, there's some really cool looking stuff here, but the time and the cost will give me pause to think. Hey, if they want to send me something, <laughs> <laughs> if they just want to send me a review copy of the first sergeant outfit, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll totally talk it. you up on the show. Yeah, I'll review I'll talk it on about this it podcast. Here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I can make a I can make a short YouTube video about it or something. I guess. Yeah, like I got a YouTube I, channel. I ain't using. <laughs> I, I will say, like the wait was long, but when the stuff showed up, it was it it did that thing where I paid for it so long ago that when it arrived, it kind of felt like I just got a bunch of free capes. Uh, and also I felt pretty good about the value on the capes. Um, the stitching was better than I expected. Like, all due respect to folks working on this kind of stuff, I don't. You, like, I didn't think the stitching on those capes and that the feel of the wire was going to be that good. I thought it was going to be more like, you know, having to treat it kind of like a model kit. But I have been able to be quite rough with those capes. Uh, and you know, I mean, it's just been one day, but it didn't feel like I was stressing anything um, in the way I was using it. Uh, I kind of just like, oh, I want this cape to be to be scrunched up at the bottom. <clears throat> All right, it's scrunched up at the bottom. Like, it, it didn't rebound or it didn't bounce back into shape afterwards. Um, but, yeah, uh, that is that is the off-topic what I got this week stuff. Uh, and that brings us, I think, to the end of the show. So, Seth, thank you for joining me. Uh, we did a weekender this time. Oh, I can talk and, uh, about real quickly one weird thing that I did. Oh, did you? Um, what did you do? I started watching Dragon Ball Z Kai. I have I two watched... friends doing that. <laughs> are they called Jeff and Dan? <laughs> nope, but they are listening to that podcast and they're making me want to join them. <laughs> yeah, so I watched Dragon Ball Z when it was on Toonami. Like, when they ran through it all the first time. And I read kind of a lot of the manga. And then the comic book store I was getting it from went away and I never bothered... Uh, finding a new source um, but then listening to the the giant bomb little sub show little spin-off podcast all systems goku and just listening to them experiencing dragon ball for the first time i was like yeah i kind of wouldn't hurt to watch some of these old episodes again and kai sounds like they cut out all the extra garbage so yeah it's uh, from what i've heard because, okay, for me, like, I saw some Dragon Ball 
on TV, but never like religiously watched it. And then uh, having talked to my two friends actually just today about it, it sounds like Kai cut out a whole lot of stuff, including some stuff that's kind of fun. But the stuff that's kind of fun, if Jeff and Dan really end up liking it by the end, they could just go and watch that stuff on YouTube very easily. Yeah. And just see all the fun bits that are kind of superfluous. I'm I'm now really tempted, because I've never actually watched Dragon Ball properly, I'm really tempted to get a copy of Kai and watch it in time with podcast episodes, because that seems like a really fun way to do it, given just how I'm I'm not all that invested in Dragon Ball. Um, yeah. So I went looking for what I thought was going to be the easiest way to watch it, so I, I just bought the, the first season, which... It isn't it, it bleeds into the like it's it's all of the Saiyan saga and then it bleeds into the Frieza stuff. Um so I think they just cut it into like even chunks and then called those seasons. Um of the uh for um Amazon video. So it was like thirty bucks. Mm. Um but you could get the DVDs. And then, um, I think Hulu has it, and I assume Crunchyroll. I didn't dig I, that. Deep. I do not believe Crunchyroll has it because I asked. Okay, I think I asked someone immediately if I could watch it on my Crunchyroll, and I believe I was told that is the one Dragon Ball you can't watch on Crunchyroll. Oh, okay. So you're already and on I was Crunchyroll. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. it for Ultraman. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know if Amazon Video is something you'd want to bother with, but I think Hulu has it. And then I don't know what the what's different when once you go to Canada. So maybe the Hulu doesn't have it for Canada, or I don't know. But I got the I could just got the Amazon Video. Yeah, is that the the like Prime service video streaming, or yeah. is that the buying episodes on? Well, oh, uh oh, here comes the Dragon so Ball Police. <laughs> yeah, it's Prime Video, but um. so when you watch amazon videos um prime stuff is free if you're a prime member and then everything else you got to pay for so dragon ball z kai wasn't covered as a prime video so i pay for it but it was like 30 bucks for the first big chunk of episodes so all right yeah i'm uh, i'm very tempted like i'm not in a rush uh-huh. But I'm very tempted as well. Like, even if I end up waiting for a while, then it just means, like, I'll have this catalog of a series and accompanying podcasts I can listen through and watch, like, at my leisure. And uh, I'm, I'm really into that idea. It seems like a very fun way, especially given how, like, my knowledge of Dragon Ball is, like, not necessarily coming from the same sources, but probably is about the same volume as Jeff and Dan's knowledge of Dragon Ball going in, of, like, I don't, never really watched it, I just heard enough about it to know what all the sagas are without having actually seen them. Yeah. Because, like, well, I, you know, all my yeah, friends and like watched Jeff it. And, yeah, and Jeff and Dan had played games, so, like, they're familiar with, like, okay, I've seen this character before. And, like, in the last yeah. episode of All Systems Goku, they were like, okay, well, this character... Um, I don't know if they're gonna die in this in the next episode because every episode ends on a cliffhanger. But I feel like I wouldn't have been I wouldn't be so familiar with this character's name if they do die this early in the whole series. So either <laughs> they get away or they come back to life somehow. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then if you know Dragon Ball enough, it's like, or, you know, casually know it enough, to me that is not really helpful, because it's like, it seems like characters have died multiple times in Dragon Ball and get wished back to life all the time. So there are I would have trouble. conditions to that, though. Okay. I think it's like if your body gets obliterated, you can't be wished back. Like there has to be, you have to still have a body. And then I think That's there's morbid. a limit. There's a limit. Like you can only get wished back so many times. So does that mean that when Goku's friends all die, he's just like gathering all their bodies in boxes and keeping them like in a friggin' basement going like, don't worry guys, just hold on. <laughs> Well, I think there's, I haven't gotten to the episode, but I think there is a moment where it's like, we got to get their bodies out of here so they don't accidentally get destroyed while this bigger fight is still going on. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know it's probably, no, I I know pretty much for a fact that it was not drawn that way, but I'm just imagining really friggin', really friggin' dark comedy, morbid scenes of like just dragging dead characters around. (laughs) Well, and what's like really weird? Like freaking like throw throw him in the back of my capsule car. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like I wouldn't mind finding um, a way to watch original Dragon Ball too, like kind of unedited. Is when uh, Cartoon Network ran out of Dragon Ball Z, um, they did start running original Dragon Ball, but man, they edited the crap out of it because there's tons of sex jokes and pervert stuff going on that they had to work around yeah like like there's a scene where bulma to trick oolong into doing something oolong's a little pig man she like takes her panties off and hangs them from a fishing pole hook to sort of lure him into doing what needs to get done um and then in the 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 American edit, they very sloppily and ugly superimpose just like a bunch of American dollars over the top of the panties. <laughs> so, so I don't remember the order of operations precisely, but in Canada, what I remember is that we got Dragon Ball as a dub first uh, before Dragon Ball Z. Because I remember, I saw I saw all these Dragon Ball Z video game pictures in my EGMs and stuff, thinking, these guys look cool. And I'd see, like, knockoff figures of them in Chinatown and stuff. And then I finally see this show on the air called Dragon Ball, and I watch it, and it's original Dragon Ball. And I'm like, this looks nothing like all the things I've been reading in magazines. What the hell is this? And then, like, I walked away from it after a couple of weeks, and then, came, and then, like, eventually saw Dragon Ball Z on on YTV afterwards. Um, so, I don't recall if our Dragon Ball dub was the same one you guys got on Cartoon Network, but I do recall at one point, I think near the end, of, one of the first times they collect all the Dragon Balls, because it wasn't they collect them all, and then Oolong gets a wish, I uh, or something. I didn't make it that far. Okay, so at some point Oolong gets a wish. And I remember on TV seeing that his wish ended up with him running around with a pair of girls' panties on his head. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if that's something that would have been... Uh, anyway, I know that there are probably sites dedicated to cataloging all this. I just don't really know it that well. But uh, I think I've actually seen more original Dragon Ball than I've seen Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Well, my earliest recollection of having any awareness of anything Dragon Ball was there was a print ad... It must have been in a comic book. Maybe it was in a magazine. 
um, of all the Dragon Ball toys that were available at the time. And it was just this one page ad and there was like a couple dozen figures. And I remember looking at it wondering like, what the hell is this? And like, kind of just like really studying the picture and being like, okay, well like there's this group of guys all wearing similar orange, like karate geese. And then this green man with antennas on his head is wearing the same kind of outfit as this little human boy. <laughs> um, so they, they must be like martial arts gangs or something. <laughs> and try, Just like from this one picture of the toys trying to figure out what the deal was with Dragon Ball. I'm like, oh, these yeah. guys have the same kind of like armor on. So they must be another gang. <laughs> I like the idea where they're all just gangs. That would have been an interesting <laughs> freaking variant to watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. Now we have hit the end of the show. Uh, so uh, thank you, Seth, for joining me and for talking right. some, some Dragon Ball. <laughs> um, we'll be back with some more podcasting later on. Hopefully the news slows down and we can continue churning through some listener questions because I'm now that we've done all the Toy Fair talk, I just feel very much in the mood for talking listener questions. Um, and we've got a whole pile of them, so we're, we're good for a little while. Um, but yeah, uh, we will talk to you later, so uh, keep enjoying your Transformers, however it is you like to enjoy them, and uh, of course, please stay safe out there, uh, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.